0: If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele.
1: And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Leading Learning Podcast and our first interview episode of this new year. We're going to be talking with Carl Kopp, arguably the leading voice when it comes to gamification and learning, but before we do that, we have a couple of other important items that we want to cover. The first is that we want to be sure to thank your membership, our sponsor for the first quarter of 2017. Your Membership's award-winning learning management system, Crowd Wisdom, provides organizations with the means to manage all of their educational content formats in one central location. It also provides tools to create and deliver assessments, evaluations, and learning communities. You can find out more about Your Membership at yourmembership.com. Now, as it happens, Your Membership is also the executive sponsor of an event for which we are opening registration this very day. Namely, Learning Technology Design, or LTD, our annual event specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. We launched LTD as a very successful face-to-face event in 2016, but we've decided this time around that we want to try it out as a virtual event. So LTD 2017 will be a completely web-based event, but the goal remains the same. And that is to help attendees find new and better ways to engage learners and create lasting impact through the effective use of technology. The event will take place March 1st through 3rd, and you can get all of the details at LTD. .leadinglearning.com. You can also get our preferred pricing rate through the end of January and up through Friday, January 20th, you can take an extra $50 off of the registration fee by using the special code podcast. We have a fantastic program laid out covering topics like microlearning, social learning, effective marketing of learning programs, and this would also be the perfect time to mention that the guest for this episode of the podcast will be delivering a session on gamification.
0: That's right. Carl Kopp will be doing a session on gamification at LTD. And in this interview for the podcast, I got to dig in a little bit with Carl around games, what it means to use games for learning, what gamification of learning means. As you said at the the top, Jeff, he really is arguably um, the leading expert on gamification. So we dug in around the changes that he's seen in gamification. We uh, address whether or not gamification is kind of a, just a, a trend and a buzzword. But uh, he very convincingly makes the argument that gamification is, is here to stay because In large part, he sees it as um, involving so much more than just kind of uh, badges and leaderboards and those types of things and really digging into what gamification is. That's what we do in this interview. So I think it's a a great conversation. I, I look forward to hearing what else he will say about gamification at LTD.
1: Well, Carl literally wrote the book on gamification. In fact, he's written more than one book on on gamification and learning at this point. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say at LTD and looking forward to this interview. So let's roll it.
0: I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast, and today I'm talking with Dr. Carl Kopp. Carl is a professor, an analyst, a speaker, a learning expert, and a designer of instructional games and gamification. He teaches instructional uh, technology at Bloomsburg University in Pennsylvania, and he's authored or co-authored half a dozen books, including the gamification of learning and instruction. So, Carl, thanks very much for taking time to talk with me.
2: Well, thanks. It's uh, fantastic to be here and glad we could uh, get together.
0: And so to start us off, since I offered just a a pretty brief overview of of your work, would you say a bit more about what you do and and your key areas of of
2: interest? Sure. So uh, my work uh, at Bloomsburg University and kind of beyond really focuses around what is a game and how can we use the game or the elements from the game? from a learning perspective. So a long time ago, I got interested in video games and playing games and um, found out that they were really, really engaging and was spending a lot of time in the games and my kids are spending time in games. I've got two boys that, that, that like to play games a lot. But I noticed that some of the e-learning that we were developing was not as engaging, exciting, or interesting as these games. And so I thought to myself, you know, is there some way that I could leverage some of the elements in games in order to make online learning more engaging and more interesting? What could I steal from games and put into learning to make it fun, and and this is well before the term gamification, and so I was experimenting and trying things out and studying it and researching it, and then uh, along came the term gamification. I'm like, ah, that's exactly what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to use elements of games, not an entire game necessarily, but elements of games to make learning more engaging, and so that's really where I've been focusing.
0: Well, that's great. And I think you've begun to get there, but I'm hoping before we go too much farther, if you would just define game and gamification, like I said, you've begun to hint at it, but I would love to hear your definitions.
2: Sure. That's, that's a great question. And something that a lot of people ask me, you know, what's the difference between a game and gamification? And I used to say in organizations and associations and things, game was a four-letter word. And when we <laughs> when we put afication on it, suddenly it became scientific and everybody was okay with it. So, um, But basically, I look at a game as a self-contained learning event that has a very clear beginning middle and end, you start, you end, you know who wins, you know who does not win, and you know when you're done. Uh, Gamification, on the other hand, is the use of game elements in a non-game environment. So, for example, you could answer a question on an online forum and earn points for that. That would be a form of gamification. You could um, be involved with an app, for example, that I have to answer in a question and you have to answer a question, and whoever answers it faster, you know, kind of wins a badge in terms of that. So that's gamification. It's really using elements or parts of games to engage somebody in an activity. And the idea is to use not just the traditional, a lot of people with gamification think of points, badges, and leaderboards, but there is so much more to games. There's a sense of progression. There's a sense of mastery. There's a sense of storytelling or being involved in a certain context. There's a sense of competition, but also cooperation. So those are how I I kind of separate the two. And in the end, I I tell people, I I really don't care if you're doing a game or gamification. What I care about is, are you engaging the person in the learning process? So whether it's a game, self-contained, beginning, middle, and end, or whether it's actually using elements to pull people through the content, either one of those works pretty well. And then I I actually further break down gamification into two types. One I call, oh, sorry, go ahead. No,
0: I was going to just say, what are those two types? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: Yeah, anticipation. Um, So the um, one is I call structural gamification, and that's using a structure around content, but not changing the content at all. And most gamification platforms use that. So, for example, uh, there might be a leaderboard, but the instruction is the same as it ever was. There might be uh, badges for leveling up or gaining certain expertise, answering certain questions. But again, the design is the same. So that's structural gamification. The other kind, I call it content gamification. And in content gamification, we actually change the content to be more game-like itself. So rather than starting with learning objectives, maybe we start with a challenge that uh, is involved with the story, and then you get feedback at a certain uh, point in that story. So you actually redesign the content itself to be more like a game. And that typically involves storytelling, use of characters, use of challenge, those types of elements.
0: All right. So, we have two types of gamification, the, the structural and the content gamification. And, um, and I think that's great. I think that's a really interesting distinction. But both of those then make use of game elements um, to en- engage the learners.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: And so I think this next question is is a softball. I'm pretty sure I know your answer, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it to hear um, where, where you go with it. So, you know, we've heard a lot about gamification recently. So is this just, a, you know, a fad, a, a trend? Um, is, is the buzz warranted?
2: Right, that, that's a good question. So I'm already working on a book called Beyond Gamification, uh, but I just haven't published it yet. I'm, ready for, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the trend to kind of die down. So I, I think I that, think A lot of the concepts and ideas of gamification have been around for a long time. So, for example, when uh, we went to school and we got, um, you know, 20 points for a spelling test, or we got 15 points for a quiz in history. That's a form of gamification. That was never called gamification, but that's a form of gamification. And then when I talk about using stories or scenarios in instruction, you know, I've had people that have been teaching for 30, 40 years say, Oh, you know, I do that all the time. I just never called it gamification. So I believe that the elements of making learning engaging in terms of gamification have been and will be around forever. So that's not a trend. The concept of calling it gamification and using that word, I think that is a little bit more uh, trendy, if you will. But one thing I, I think about trends is trends are things that you know they come and they go and they're not really effective. It turns out gamification from a lot of different perspectives is actually very effective from a learning perspective because it does things that other types of learning don't necessarily do. And one of them is it divides the learning and distributes it out over time. So a lot of structural gamification is you might get one question a day or one question every other day. That's called distributed practice. And it turns out that's actually a really good way to learn. Distribute a little bit of content over time rather than cramming content. That's how we learn a lot uh, in uh, situations. We, we, we cram things into a six-hour workshop or four-hour online module or whatever, and our ability to retain that is you know, not as good as we would hope. But if we learn a little bit of content over time, that's really an effective way for learning. So I think that's going to stay. I think the idea of uh, using game elements to engage learners. I think that's not going away. So so the answer is yes and no in terms of the <laughs> gamification, but I can tell you it's 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 really popular right now and part of it I think is a backlash against, you know, what I call PowerPoint on steroids, right? So when e-learning first came out, online learning, we we just took our lecture. I say we. I always say jokingly, we took the worst of online instruction. Uh, of we took the worst of classroom instruction, and we put it online. Right? Mm-hmm. We took we took out the human element mm-hmm. of the instructor, and we just put the slides and a disembodied voice and bullet points. Sometimes I say, you know. Um, Bullets don't kill people. Bullet points kill people, right, because they're so boring. So we took the worst of classrooms. So I think gamification is a backlash. It's, hey, wait a minute. There are more, more ways to engage people, to get them excited, to get them motivated than kind of what we've been doing. So let's try a different approach. So that's gamification.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's a really interesting distinction about sort of, you know, maybe the term is a little bit trendy and maybe we'll see that sort of, um, uh, you know, go away after a time. But the, the underlying fundamentals of making it engaging is, is here to stay. And I, I feel like we're seeing that a lot in terms of learning and technology. I think even sometimes now things like the term e-learning, you know, you know when we're seeing more and more blended learning, even that term begins to kind of become less uh, applicable as well. So it, it makes right, sense exactly. to me. And so, you know, I think as part of this growing buzz, uh, you know, at least from where I sit, I, I feel like there's this, um, a lot of proliferation of, of platforms for gamification, you know, that support um, gamification and, and game mechanics. And, um, and so I'm wondering if you, A, are seeing that same type of kind of um, momentum in, in the vendors out there. And then if you are seeing that, um, you know, what is your opinion? Is the proliferation of platforms a good thing or, or a bad thing?
2: Right, so I, I, there, there's a huge explosion of gamification platforms. I was talking to an analysts one time, and they were talking about a gamification company. And there's like, well, what's to stop somebody from getting, you know, five million dollars and creating a gamification platform? <laughs> I'm like, nothing. I mean, people could do well. It's getting the five million dollars, but creating right. a platform, <laughs> there, there's a lot of them. I think it, it it serves two purposes. One thing I'm noticing that I think is really interesting is that the vendors are approaching gamification differently. So it allows you to have different strategies. So, for example, one uh, one type of vendor. Uh, is using competition, so I have to answer the question faster than you do on my mobile device. So that's competition-based gamification. Another one I call it progression-based gamification, in that you have to answer a question to move your character up the side of a mountain or something like that before somebody else does. So that's a different type than than this purely who can answer the question you know uh, faster. Um, Those types of things. There's also ones where you play a little game and then you get asked a question. So that's a different type of gamification. So I I actually think that the proliferation of gamification um, platforms and the different take on the platforms are really going to allow organizations and associations to um, customize the gamification solution that best fits their audience. So example, for example, if you have an audience of uh, salespeople in your association, maybe competition based gamification is uh, an exciting, more exciting way to do that. If you have uh, an association where you have a lot of creative design people and that kind of thing, maybe you'd want to do one more where it's game like and then you get asked a question. If you've got one where people are more kind of engineering focused, maybe you want one that's more analytics based and more um, that looks quote unquote more serious than some of the more fun cartoon gamifications. So the proliferation actually allows people to be uh, more selective in kind of what the solution they want. Now, on the other hand, you know, more choices mean more work for us, right? Now we've got to find out what is the best gamified platform for what we're trying to achieve. And I always say with gamification is start with your goal your end goal in mind a lot of people say hey gamification is cool let's go ahead and do it people love to play games well gamification one isn't about playing games it's about engaging the learner, and two, you've got to know where you want to end up before you apply a solution. So that's really kind of uh, the responsibility of, of people with all these proliferations. But I think the proliferation is kind of exciting. And what we'll see with, and I've seen it with lots of technologies, is that first we'll uh, have one or two pioneers, then we'll have this proliferation, then we'll have a consolidation. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's kind of fun that we're in a proliferation. Uh, phase of the process. But, um, you know, three or four years, we'll start to get into consolidation where one vendor will do lots of different things. And traditional, you know, e-learning vendors have, have, I called bolted on gamification to their, you know, e-learning, learning learning management systems. But um, I think that will get better over time and as more releases come out. So, that'll be uh, a, a different approach.
0: All right. So in, in short, sounds like the proliferation is good, um, uh, although it means more work has to be done to right. understand <laughs> the options right now. Exactly. You know, one place I know that I saw you've written that you know gamification is not a requirement, but it's an opportunity. And I was hoping maybe you could just kind of unpack that statement a little bit, because I really like it, uh, and I think it's speaking to this um, what you were getting at around thinking about the audience and what's going to fit them best.
2: Right. So, as we think about um, the elements of gamification, we think about um, providing information in in small chunks. We Think about motivating people to engage with the content. We think about people uh, actually being involved over time, rather than one specific, you know, e-learning module, and you're done. And we think about people actually having an emotional response to the learning, which, again, I think we've taken out a lot of times. Uh, sometimes the only emotional response is boredom, right? So, <laughs> what, which we want to avoid. So, so what gamification is? It's an opportunity to engage learners in the content. It's an opportunity to engage learners with each other. It's an opportunity for learners to discover their own mastery of a subject. So if you think about it, in in a lot of cases, we don't know that we've learned something until the very end of the learning event. You know, I think I got this, I'm not sure, but once you're finally tested on it, you go, oh yeah, I got it. And in some cases, that, that can be weeks, it can be months. Um, I work with, with some companies. They, uh, you know, new employee orientation is eight weeks. Then you have this high stakes test. You either pass the test or you don't. If you pass it, you congratulations, you're a salesperson. If you don't, uh, too bad. We wasted a lot of time, and so did you. So why not use gamification as an opportunity to measure how people are learning over time rather than waiting until the end? Mm. Why not use gamification to touch people on a regular basis? I mean, people are, are ignoring email at uh, exponentially larger <laughs> and larger rates. So how do you actually get to somebody in an organization? Well, gamification can be a way to do that. Give them a short, quick little message message. With a fun little game engagement, and uh, you have their attention for that minute, minute and a half. Sometimes that's all you need to get across your message. So I think gamification really is an opportunity to engage with employees, engage with association members, and keep them uh, involved with what you're doing on a regular basis.
0: Well, great. Um, You know, and when you're thinking about that, thinking about Gamification is this opportunity to engage. Have you discovered learning situations or subjects that tend to lend themselves particularly well to gamification, or conversely, situations or subjects that tend to be inappropriate for gamification?
2: Right. So that's a a really good question. Um, So I think inappropriate, we'll start with inappropriate. Um, If you're trying to teach um, problem solving, you're trying to teach critical thinking. Structural gamification doesn't work as well uh, because um, structural gamification works really well for teaching factual information, conceptual information, and a little bit of application um, because if you look at structured gamification, it's all around questions. Can you write appropriate questions? And so uh, it's really easy to write a recall question you know, what do the letters Roy G. Biv stand for? But it's a little bit harder to write a question about, um, given these four weather conditions, will a rainbow appear or not appear mm-hmm. and uh, those types of things. So it's a little bit harder to get to that. But if, if we look at, um, content gamification, we can get to higher level thinking skills, right? So, um, for example, we did a, a class where we said to, to somebody, um, as soon as they walked in the classroom, your boss, you, you're uh, an auditor, and um, somebody has just come up to you and told you that their boss has embezzled $10,000, what do you do? And that was, that was the introduction to the class. No learning objectives, no terminology, that was it. And then they had to struggle to figure out what would you do? How do you solve this problem? So content gamification works really well for problem solving, critical thinking, higher level skills. For uh, skills involved with uh, lower levels, such as, uh, and when I say lower level, it's still required, right? You still have to know all the acronyms in your industry, even though that's, um, declarative knowledge, which mm-hmm. is, if you look at a knowledge hierarchy, that's a low level. But if you didn't know it, you'd, you'd be lost because people have entire conversations based on acronyms. So uh, I, I mean level in a hierarchy of knowledge. But uh, you, you need to have declarative knowledge. You need to have conceptual knowledge. You need to have application knowledge. So structural gamification works really well there. I also think that, you know, one of the things that we miss out with technology is um, – you know, and even though we have online collaboration tools and things like that, you know, looking somebody in the eye and seeing whether or not they're confused or reading the body language of someone when they're struggling with trying to find an answer. So I think sometimes if we're teaching um, what are called Sometimes they're called uh, soft skills. Sometimes I've heard them called power skills, which I like that name better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, these skills where you have to interact with people, and you have to maybe negotiate or communicate or persuade. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, gamification always is the best way to to approach that. And then. You know, I was working with, with a group uh, and they wanted to they, – they said, hey, we're working on this project to help prevent child abuse and we want to gamify it. And I'm like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure that's really how I want to approach that. Um, mm. Let's let's call that let, – let, let's use engagement techniques, but let's not call it gamification. So I think, the, you know, as I said, games are still sometimes a four-letter word. So uh, we have to be careful about how we use it. I think sometimes engagement is a better term. For that, so, but, but there are lots of different uses. It, it's, it's basically matching the right instructional strategy with the right design approach. And if you do that well, gamification can work in all different kinds of places. If you do that wrong, it's horrible. Like, for example, I've seen people try to teach problem solving using a game template of Jeopardy not really a good way to do that jeopardy's a, a great game for recall and for testing knowledge it's not a good game for teaching problem solving so you have to apply the right strategy as you would with any instruction to the design that you're using
0: well great yeah so think through the situation and then also it sounds like too really think through whether the structural gamification or the content gamification is appropriate based on those the levels of knowledge um, that you're trying to target there.
2: Um, right, exactly.
0: So, you know, you've been uh, tracking and working in the gamification of learning for a long time at this point, and I'm curious to see what changes have you noted?
2: So, w- one of the ones uh, that I've noted is... Um, We talked about earlier, the proliferation of platforms. I think that's really interesting. I've also noted uh, uh, um, a greater interest, as I talked about before, in writing good questions. Mm. And I've also noticed getting away a little bit from just the points, badges, and leaderboards to other types of you know feedback, mastery, autonomy, those types of game elements, the um, player's journey, those kind of things. So I, I've seen gamification mature in that way. And one of the things that I've seen um, that I think is really good is really an increase in analytics used in the back-end of gamification. So there's a lot of really interesting... Um, Statistics that can be gathered with gamification. And I think we see, I see two trends happening. One is gamification tied to actual actions or activities. So there's some software now, gamification software, that ties into, let's say, an order entry system. And in that way, um, it doesn't ask you questions about order entry, it actually tracks your behavior and then awards badges or competencies based on what your behavior is inside that order, um, order entry system. So, it's actually tying gamification to actual behaviors, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I think is interesting is with the advent, <laughs> I laugh, I say the advent of VR, but literally when I was in graduate school, we were talking about virtual reality, and I think it was around a long time before I was in graduate school. So, so. But you know, given the new advent of virtual right. reality, um, I think that's going to be an interesting place for gamification as well because um, now we can add a game level layer, a game layer on top of a lot of different realities, and now you add in sensors – And you could get, um, let's say you're lifting something and you're not supposed to lift with your back. You're supposed to lift with your legs. So you're wearing glasses that identify, you know, what skew you're supposed to lift. And then as you go to lift it, there are sensors that give you uh, points if you lifted it correctly or incorrectly, right? So we could start to get to that level and there's some experiments working in that area as well. But I think short term, it will be a focus on real, getting really good questions. And I think a, a, a market for anybody thinking of creating a market is, and associations probably have a lot of this, is when people buy a gamified platform, they need questions. They literally need hundreds of questions if you're going to do this over a three-month period and you want random questions, etc. And there's not many organizations that have at-the-ready Really well written questions. So if somebody could offer, you know, here's a whole set of questions around ISO 9000 um, certification, or here's some questions around, you know, retail strategies, or questions around leadership, or whatever that are vetted, good questions. Uh, that's a, that that can be bought because a lot of times you buy a gamified platform. And yeah, congratulations, you spent all this money on this platform, but guess what? There's no content. Right. So now you, now you got to fill it with content, and that's a whole other big thing. So, so I think that's an interesting uh, growth area in the ecosystem of gamification. Well, that's
0: great. Yeah, I think that emphasis on, on questions and being able to write good questions is, is a really good point. Um, and, you know, right, you have to focus on the content as well as the technology, and you began to get into it, I think, when you were talking about virtual reality. But I just, uh, I'll ask the question directly too, in case you have anything else you want to highlight. But when you look to the future now of, of, of gamification, you know, what developments do you think we'll be seeing in the coming years?
2: Yeah, I think there will be a merger of gamification with virtual reality, sensors, and wearable devices. I think all of that is going to, there's already, you know, if we look at the Fitbit, we're already gamifying our exercise routines or our days if we use it to sleep and, you know, my watch, my iPhone, my iWatch tells me, you know, hey, it's time to stand up and walk around and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, those are consumer applications. But now, imagine that being applied in kind of a workplace application. You know, now's the time to call client X or now's the time to go and, you know, do a lap around the warehouse or those kind of things. So, I I think the convergence of that and then you'll get points and you'll earn things like that. I also um, think that and i don't i don't there's a um there's really a, a trend toward uh, making interfaces more game-like themselves. Mm. So right now what we have is, you know, these applications that we bolt on this gamification thing. And, you know, like the order entry example I gave before. But wouldn't it be great if the order entry was more game-like itself, right? So it actually gave me more immediate feedback about whether or not I was doing the right thing. It actually gave me a badge if I did certain things in a certain order, you know, those kind of things. So I think the integration into typical um, software used in a business is another area that I see gamification growing.
0: Okay. Well, great. Yeah. I think that would be nice to see it, right. More, um, seamlessly integrated into the, the systems and the interfaces that we're already using in our, in our work and our lives. So this is the next to last question. And this is one that we like to ask everyone who comes on the leading learning podcast. Um, and the question is, what's your approach to your own lifelong learning? How do you keep, uh, keep on top of things. And I'm, I'm going to guess that games might
2: show up in your answer, but we'll see. <laughs> right. Well, first of all, thank you for assuming that I'm able to keep up with everything. So, <laughs> that's, a, that's a chore. But I, I have I have several strategies that I use. So one is I definitely uh, like and enjoy to play games. So I, I try to play all different kinds of games and do all, all different kinds of things like that. But I also try to do stretch projects. So I'm working on a project right now called, um, which is really a fun project called Zombie Sales Apocalypse, and uh, it is a game to teach sales reps a certain sales model and a certain sales conversation. And so I didn't just want to, you know, talk about gamification or read about gamification and do small scale projects on gamification. I really want to. When I learn something, really kind of dive into it. So, this project of creating uh, this gamified um, uh, course on teaching sales skills has really been kind of a great way for me to learn <laughs> a lot of stuff about, oh, this game element doesn't quite work. And, you know, I have conversations with people that say, you know, I absolutely hate zombies. So, this isn't going <laughs> to work for me. And, and uh, really interesting. And then we created the game first for a, uh, for a, uh, for a, uh, uh, desktop, and then people are saying, "No, you got to change this game to a um, mobile game." And really interesting because it's a 3D game, so we really yeah. struggled with how do you make that into a mobile environment where it's still relevant and makes sense, and you know people can get the point. So, so that's another way that that I learned. I also uh, I, I'm a pretty avid reader. Um, and my personal learning network, like people just, somebody just recommended me the other day, the book smarter, faster, better by Charles Doug and, um, just got that book and started reading that book. So I, so I try to do that. But then I also try, um, like, it's so funny, everybody on a plane has their, uh, digital readers and stuff like that. I've got my good old fashioned books cause I really <laughs> like, book, I like the feel of books and I, and I try to read on planes Books. I really like um, spy novel kind of books and intrigue kind of books, and I feel like I'm reading those for pleasure. But actually, I find they work themselves into my work, right? Because novelists do a really good job at creating anticipation and suspense. Learning designers do a horrible job of creating (laughs) that, you know. So, what can I borrow from, you know, these folks that I can put into my instruction? So, I think as I think about my personal learning, I think that, um, and then of course, you know, I belong to uh, several associations, the eLearning guild and ATD and ISPI and, you know, going to those meetings and talking to people and, uh, finding out what they're working on and having them, you know, challenge what I'm working on really helps, helps grow and really helps me, um, stay grounded in the, in the industry because, um, you know, sometimes when you, I work in rural Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, right? So I have my my fellow faculty, and they have you know perspective about what I'm doing. But it's really great to get and get perspective from all over the world. So that helps me uh, get uh, less provincial perspective on gamification and a more you know global perspective of what's happening. So those are so those are some of the strategies that I use. Well,
0: that's great, and I was. I was relieved to hear that games were indeed part of it. That's good. Yes.
2: <laughs> and
0: so then the last question is just if, if listeners want to know more about you or, or connect
2: with you, where should they look? Sure. So probably the best place is Twitter. So at K-K-A-P-P is my Twitter handle. You um, can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, just Carl Cop. And then I have a website, carlkopp.com. And I have a blog there that I post ideas about games and gamification and Uh, learning all the time. And um, that's a really good place to check out. I've got, uh, if anybody has access to lynda.com, I have five courses on lynda.com, one on engaging learning, one on gamification. Um, I also have, uh, as you had mentioned before, the books. Um, So I have a white book called The Gamification Learning Instruction. That's kind of the theory and the ideas behind it. And then a a black book, uh, which is called the gamification field book, which is, is really a how to book. So if you're like, yeah, I got gamification. I'm good with it. I just want to implement it. The black book is a good way to implement it. So those are some ways that people can, can keep in touch with me and that they can kind of follow what I'm doing, but also hopefully, because the communication is two-way, I want to know, what are you working on? What kind of cool gamification projects? There's really so many interesting things going on out there. And uh, Twitter and the blog and LinkedIn are really great ways for me to hear what other people are doing and, and learn from them.
0: Well, great. Thanks for all those options. And thanks for taking time to speak with me,
2: Carl. Thank you. This has been uh, wonderful. Enjoyed speaking with you.
1: So that wraps up our interview with Carl Kopp. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks again to Your Membership for being the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. You can find out more about Your Membership at yourmembership.com. We also want to mention again that we've opened registration for Learning Technology Design, or LTD, our annual event specifically for professionals in the business of continuing education and professional development. You can get full details and register at ltd.leadinglearning.com. Do that before January 31st to get our preferred rate, which is $100 off of the full rate. And be sure to use the code podcast up through January 20th to take an extra $50 off.
0: To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 65. While you're there, you will see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of the podcast, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe.
1: As always, we'd also be grateful if you'd take just a minute to give us a rating on iTunes. All you have to do is go to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. We'd really appreciate it, and it makes it a whole lot easier for others who might value what we do at the Leading Learning Podcast to actually be able to find it. Finally, consider telling others
0: about the podcast. You can send out a tweet simply by going to leadinglearning.com share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, you can pick uh, another social network of your preference and spread the word that way.
1: So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.